Rolling right along here on this Saturday morning. Moose and Maggie with you, CBS Sports Radio, as we're getting set to welcome aboard. And I didn't get a chance to see it as of yet. Maggie has, and that is Nature Boy, 30 for 30 documentary on ESPN. And uh, Rory Karp, uh, the director of that, uh, joins us now. Hey, Rory, Mark Malusis and Maggie Gray, thanks for a couple minutes this morning. Hey, what's up, guys? Hanging in there, Rory. How are you, bud? Doing well. When you sat down and, you know, you decided to take on this venture, uh, Rory, uh, you know, take us through a little bit of the thought process of, of, and yourself as a wrestling fan, a fan of Ric Flair, and really um, what you came out after directing this uh, through the entire process as far as the nature boy. Well, I mean, I think this is just really a human interest story, whether you're a fan of wrestling or not. And this guy is considered the greatest of all time. And what is the price of greatness? Sometimes I think we will find the, our greatest strength can also be our greatest weakness. And that's kind of true with Ric Flair in this world where you're not really sure what's real and what's not. He was real. He wasn't playing a character, which is pretty astounding. And that's what made him uh, so great, but also made him, uh, very fallible at the same time. So it's a, it's a pretty interesting story, I think. Oh, Rory, it's a great film. I've seen it twice. I've absolutely loved it. I've been telling everyone that I loved it. And I think it's interesting. I'm curious from your point of view, you know, when did Richard Fleer become Ric Flair? Like, when did that sort of, that gray area, you know, sort of, when did it expand where you just couldn't tell who was who, or maybe Richard Fleer died and Ric Flair was the only thing left because there are other wrestlers who I've gotten to know who are nothing like their character. You know, they're completely opposite people. Ric Flair, though, and Richard Fleer couldn't be more opposite, yet Flair was the personality that won out ultimately. Well, yeah, he says in the film, Richard Fleer was just the guy that went to one year of college, and after that it was Ric Flair. I mean, I think it was always inside of him and wrestling was this avenue to let it out where he could be so crazy and wild and and it was accepted and actually it was encouraged. So I think once he became a wrestler, that was it. Who knows what would have happened to him if he wasn't a wrestler. Uh, He could have been just some social deviant, who knows. Um, What about when when you look at um, Flair, what do you think made Flair so special as an entertainer? Well, he was an incredible talker. Let's just start with that. I mean, when you look back at his old promos, he was incredibly entertaining, funny, witty, great catchphrases that athletes and musicians are quoting today. I mean, how many wrestlers or entertainers, for that matter, from that era of the 80s are constantly being quoted now? You can make the argument that Ric Flair is more relevant today and in today's culture than he was back then, which is really unique. He was a great athlete as well. I mean, he was on a football scholarship to the University of Minnesota, great inside the ring, and he just had that it factor. Some things you just, they're intangibles and you can't really put your finger on. He just had that kind of charisma that you would not change the channel if he was on. We're talking with Rory Karp. He's an award-winning filmmaker. His latest is the ESPN 30 for 30 documentary, Nature Boy. You know, you mentioned before, Rory, that if Ric Flair hadn't found wrestling, he'd be like a social deviant. And I've noticed a little bit in some of the films that you've done, you seem to like the villain. 
you know, how do you mm-hmm. tell the story of the villain? You also did the 30 for 30, uh, I Hate Christian Leitner. You know, how do you find the human part of the villain and tell that story? I think most people are shades of gray. It's not really like the world of professional wrestling where there's a straight good guy and a straight bad guy. And Rick, even though he was a bad guy, he was like one of the first cool bad guys in wrestling that fans cheered for. So I find that, again, people, they usually aren't just good or bad. And I try to find the, that kind of middle ground where people can be relatable. And what's interesting in the film, I think, of what other people have told me is that there's some, you know, really hilarious stories in there and where he's like coming out naked on airplanes and he's talking about all the drinking and people laughed in the theater and it was awesome. But then you see kind of the repercussions of that with his family and that selfish lifestyle. And then it kind of takes on a, it has a different meaning. It's not just funny, but it's kind of sad as well. Maybe he's kind of like the sad clown in a way. And then you see him in a different light. And I really like uh, kind of questioning people's perceptions of things. Because I think naturally, you know, human beings are judgmental. It's just kind of in our nature to just put a label on something, especially now where it's so easy to do that on the Internet. And you you leave a comment and you kind of move on. And I really like, if I can, have people question not just the subject of the film, but maybe question themselves when they're watching it, what they originally thought. We're talking with Rory Carp. He's uh, the director of the 30 for 30 documentary, Nature Boy. And you mentioned just the there is a sadness here and the sort of personal tragedies of Ric Flair's life and where, I mean, the the film just takes such an emotional turn is when, you know, you have Ric Flair talking about his late son, Reed who died of a drug overdose. And I'm just curious, I mean, when you're talking to Ric Flair about that, you can see how crushed he is in the in the documentary, but how did that impact him? I mean, I can't even imagine how it did, but, you know, how did he change when talking about his son? Do you mean, like, how he, how he changed when talking about it, like, today? Yeah. In the film? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... What, what bigger price can you pay? I mean... He's had other problems in his life, you know, that have been documented, like financial issues that we kind of touch on a little bit. But a lot of former entertainers and athletes have financial problems. Rick paid, to me, the ultimate price. He lost his son, who was trying to kind of emulate his lifestyle. And there's only one Ric Flair. But I think his daughter, Ashley, I mean, this is kind of like out of a scripted movie. She kind of steps into the role of being the chosen one. He tried with his other two sons, and she kind of became the most unlikeliest one to become this, you know, second-generation wrestler. And she's great. And I think he has been able to get joy out of watching her. And they've grown incredibly close. And it's a genuine closeness. I mean, all the times I've been with him, she's texted him. And, I mean, I've been with him probably 20 different times. So he's... They have a nice bond, and I'm not sure that would have existed. Uh, it might sound strange to say if uh, Reed hadn't passed away. You know, I'm curious when you when you come away watching it, Rory, uh, the viewer, is it worth it? I mean, everything in the price that Rick uh, Flair and and certainly the amount of success and wealth and everything that came along with his way. But there's a lot of sadness in his life, and certainly the alcoholism. I mean, he's had other issues as well. Uh, away from the ring. Uh, you mentioned uh, certainly the, the death of his son, Reed. 
Um, you know, do you think it was all worth it? Uh, if you ask Ric Flair openly and honestly, well, it's definitely 100% worth watching the movie. Let me stress that. Um, Maggie said it was the greatest piece of filmmaking she's ever seen. Life changing. So. No, no, I'm not asking I, about the film. I'm asking <laughs> no, from I know, Flair. I know. I'm just, uh, I'm no, just I got it. I mean, listen, I'm, it's going to be a great watch. I mean, certainly because yeah. yeah, you look at the subject matter. The subject matter is extremely interesting, and his life, in a lot of ways, very successful, is also very sad and depressing. For sure. I think, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the same with beauties in the eye of the holder. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. If you, you know, Rick says he has a lot of regrets. He says that. But, you know, when he's saying all these stories in the film, he's laughing and smiling. I think he really enjoyed his life. And I'm not sure he would do it differently if he could do it all over again. I'm sure some parts he would, but I mean, he loved being Ric Flair. <laughs> he loved sure. it. So, is that tragic? I mean, I don't know. I think there's certain elements of tragedy for sure in Ric's life. I don't know if he himself is just a tragic figure because I think if you asked him, he would tell you he's happy. We're talking with Rory Carp, 30 for 30 documentary. It's called Nature Boy. Um, you know, we heard Roy that, you know, Rick was in the hospital, that he wasn't doing so well. Um, he wasn't at the New York premiere, but I, I saw that he was at the LA premiere of the movie. How's he feeling and any update you can give us there? Sure. He was actually at the Atlanta premiere. Oh, Atlanta premiere. Pardon me. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's just important to distinguish that because he lives in Atlanta. So that's why he was able to go. Um, he's not traveling right now. He's, he's still recovering. I mean, he was in really bad shape. I mean, I, I was told it wasn't looking good that he was going to pull through. And uh, he's doing much, much better, looking like he's going to make a full recovery, which is really astounding. And I think he, he seems well. I visited him when he was in recovery uh, probably about five or six weeks afterwards. He first got really sick. I mean, he was in a coma for 10 days. Jeez. So, I mean, that's a long time to be out of it. And he's doing better. You know, you know what he said, actually, at the premiere in Atlanta? He said he just wanted to make it to the air date of the 30 for 30. Seriously. Like, at first I thought maybe he was joking, but wow. he had tear, tears in his eyes, and he was telling Wendy, his uh, fiance. first he was like, do you think I'll make it to October 26th, which is when we were having the premiere in Atlanta. He's like, I just got to make it to the 26th. And he said, then I just want to make it to the 7th when the movie airs. So this is a really big deal for him. You know, he loves ESPN and sports and the 30 for 30 series. And the fact that he's the first wrestler to have a 30 for 30 done on him, it's a big deal. And we formed a tight bond, he and I. So the movie's a big deal for him. And he actually says it helped him pull through uh, health-wise. It's funny because at the premiere in New York, uh, Charlotte, Ashley, her, her ring name is Charlotte, was there giving a little talk before the film aired. And she was saying that her dad just keeps saying, I have a 30 for 30 to get to. Yeah. I have a 30 for 30 to get to. Do you know how how, uh, how much that means? Rory, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just had a – what do you think Ashley took away? You know, and she's obviously – and she's a huge star in the WWE now, and certainly uh, we all know her as Charlotte. But what do you think Ashley took away uh, from her father's life uh, that she uses, you know, life lessons moving forward here? Well, I think some of what not to do, to be honest. It's documented in the film that she was kind of heading down a bad path. And she talked about it in her book a little bit. She was married twice, kind of abused substances. 
And when her brother passed away, she kind of went all in on wrestling. But she, unlike her father, she doesn't really do the partying side of it. She just goes to the gym constantly. At the same time, I think, you know, Rick was a consummate professional in the ring and around wrestling. He took it incredibly seriously. So she's always picking his brain for promos and moves and all that. I mean, it's, it's amazing that, you know, wrestling is really what brought them incredibly close together. Not to say that they didn't have a good relationship before she got into wrestling. But, you know, Rick says wrestling is his number one love. So what better way to bond with your father than you're in his profession? So it's a way for them to just kind of be together and be able to have a unique bond that most fathers and daughters aren't going to have. You know, Rory, I said I really liked it. I laughed. I cried. I literally did. A tear dropped, you know, was seeing Ric Flair, that final match. After you've watched the movie, you're kind of riding the roller coaster with him through the ups and downs. And I've got a chance to interview Shawn Michaels, and that was the last match. And just sort of knowing how emotional Shawn is, and he's had his own substance abuse issues and all that. It all goes into the stew. You can watch it November 7th, 10 p.m. on ESPN. It's called Nature Boy. Rory, thanks a lot for the time. Really appreciate you getting up early, and congratulations on the film. Hey, I really appreciate you guys being so supportive and just keep uh, keep spreading the word. Really appreciate it.